Father, thank you. Thank you for your beautiful presence here today. Thank you for your word. Lord, we acknowledge that we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So we trust you today to speak to our hearts and minister life to us. In Jesus' mighty name, we trust you to open our ears, our eyes. We might behold you. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a, um, a short uh, proverb in uh, Proverbs 20. It says, the hearing eye and the seeing ear, the Lord has made both of them. And um, I think that's very important to what God is reaching for in us right now in this hour. Um, God's been saying a lot, and he's, he's, he's posturing us and positioning us for what he uh, wants to say and do in our midst. And um, I, I, I want to, um, we, we uh, on Monday nights we have prayer here, and um, there's usually, you know, a few of us, but it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's always a wonderful time, and the Lord really speaks um, in, in powerful ways, uh, gives us clear direction over, you know, for this community, and we, and we pray into it. And um, uh, on a recent Monday night, it was November 29th, uh, just a couple weeks ago, um, there was a real focus on God stirring hunger in us and a holy sense of expectancy for, uh, in our hearts for what he wants to do in our midst. And um, I thought of, you know, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 is often quoted. Y- we hear this a lot, you know, and, and it says, I'll read it from the Amplified, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared, all that he's made and keeps ready for those who love him who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him, and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Um, and that's verse 9. And, and I, you know, it's, um, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, you know. But we have to pair that with verse 10. <laughs> because he's not saying here, God's up here, you're down here, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, and you can't see or hear. He's not saying that. He says, no, our eyes haven't, yet, haven't seen, ear hasn't heard all that God's got prepared for his, for, his, for his children. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed, revealed it by and through his spirit. You see, he wants to give us insight. He wants to open our eyes to behold. He wants to open our ears to hear. And, and that verse 10 goes on to say, For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. See, human perspective alone, natural eye, natural ear is so limited. And yet God has so much through his spirit that he wants us to behold and partake of and experience in the realm of his goodness and his love for us. And so through the Holy Spirit, we're able to, to, to begin to see things from God's perspective. Um, I'll give you a, a great, just a great visual, okay? Um, 
you all have phones. Um, uh, th th there is a picture that's taking the science community by storm, and, and it's amazing. You know, I, think it was, I think it was posted just last year. I just dis found out about it a couple of days ago. An astronomy teacher at Bangor High School, where I teach, actually shared it with me. He, he sent it over to me, and I showed it to Christy this morning. It's truly amazing. Um, if you just, you can just Google um, zoomable image of Milky Way galaxy. And if you Google that, and you can do it when you get home, or you can do it if you want to do it now, feel free. But uh, zoomable image of Milky Way galaxy, what will come up is um, you'll see a, a site called, I think it's um, ESO.org. I think that ESO, European Science Organization. And you click on that, and up comes a nice a picture of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, the, the central region of it, the milky part that you see if you're far away from city lights and you're, you know, you're, you're in a, a, on a, on a moonless night, you know, and you're out in the country and you sort of see that faint glow across the middle of the sky. Well, that's the inner regions of our galaxy, the Milky Way. Well, this is a zoomable image. And so the picture, when you look at it, looks like, yeah, I've seen that before, that's cool. And you see a bunch of stars and a faint glow. But if you start to zoom in, see from Earth, that's our perspective with the naked eye. But if you start to zoom in, you start to be the beholder of hundreds, thousands, and if you scan, if you just scan across it, millions of, and, and if, 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 what, if what, what's told us is true, billions of stars. You see? See, we, th we think, wow, that's really cool. And we see something with our natural eye, and we think, man, that's as good as it gets. God has so much more. There's so much more God has for you. See, if, if you're bored with if you're bored with your with you in your Christianity right now, it's only because you need to you need to behold more. You need to see more. We need to see more. See, and we need to ask God to give us fresh insight into His love for us, into His goodness, into His into His character, His nature, to open our ears to hear what He would say to us. Because this will change everything. It, it, it will change everything. God wants to open our spiritual eyes and ears to really see and hear, to, to flood us with fresh expectancy and fresh anticipation. Um, I'll go back to prayer furnace that night a couple weeks ago. Um, we were praying, we were praying and, and really uh, Wes was singing, and we were praying that God would really create in each of our hearts a fresh hunger, fresh hunger, because, you know, in Deuteronomy, God said to the Israelites, you know, I, I, I allowed you to hunger. I, I, I let you hunger, and then I fed you with manna to show you that, 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 that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see? And God will allow us to hunger, and, and sometimes, there, sometimes that comes with sort of a dissatisfaction with where you are in life. And, and you're hungry and you're, you can't quite put your finger on it. I'm telling you, the answer to that is him. It's him. Okay? It's not a, it's not a thing. It's not, a, it's not an event. It's not, a, it's not a form. It's substance. And really, that, I think, encapsulates what you've been saying about, you know, religion. When we talk about religion, we're, not, we're talking about... We're talking about, about you know, we're talking about entering into substance instead of, instead of just form, you see? We're not, it, it's not about criticizing the way people worship and, the, and forms of worship. Listen, if, 
it's with God, it's all about the heart. People worship lots of different ways. In fact, God had the, the Robinsons and us hanging out with spirit-filled ang- Anglicans for a while. And wow, I mean, they operate in like deliverance, and, and yet you know, they cross themselves, and they do all sorts of, they say the Apostles' Creed, and they, but man, these folks are, these folks are on fire. See, it's, it's, not about, it's not about how people worship God. It's about the heart. Is your heart in it? It's, it's a going beyond form into substance. So God said, yeah, I, that manna you ate there, Jesus says, yeah, that, 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 that's, you know, that's, I'm the bread of life. <laughs> I will satisfy you. I will satisfy you with myself, you see? And he's the answer for that. So if there's that dissatisfaction in you, if there's that hunger, and it's like, man, what's going on? That, that, so that inner yearning, it's him. He's the answer. He's the answer to that. And so on that, that evening, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, Kristen began to sing, and I, I wrote it down. I, being as the scribe that I am, I, I write everything down. And, and, um, and I'm, I may be paraphrasing. I was writing very, very fast as it came out, but she was singing this. And, you know, I, I, I felt it was important to bring out in the company of the whole body here because there were just maybe four or five of us there that Monday night. And um, she sang, May our hearts be sensitive to what you are saying holy expectancy, always looking for what you are doing, expectancy, that word just kept coming over and over again. Let it set, let it set, settle over us in this house, O God. Let it rise in our hearts and in our minds, always looking for what you are doing. There is so much good to look forward to, so much good to look forward to. God, as expectancy is cultivated in our hearts, break forth in mighty and wondrous ways in our midst, O God. May this be the state of our community, our family. Expect, expectant for all that you will do. Expectant to meet with God. For every promise and fulfillment, we wait with expectancy. That's such a powerful word. Such a powerful word. You know, this, uh, I was just mentioning our Anglican friends. This is... Um, for many in the, in, the, in the church world, this is the Advent season. You don't hear about it as much in charismatic circles. I happen to like Advent. Um, Advent, basically it's just, it's the time, bef- it's the weeks leading up to Christmas where we just pause and we reflect. We reflect on, you know, in a, sen- in, in a posture of waiting, you know, for, um, a- a- and we really contemplate the, 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 the prophetic words that were spoken of the coming Christ and his coming to earth. And Advent, Advent literally means arrival. And, and, and um, you know, it's traditionally been that time to contemplate Christ's birth and his arrival, to really reflect on the reality that people waited for God to literally come into our midst. Savior, Messiah. See? And um, there's a, uh, in a little devotional I have, on this, there's a, there's a quote, and it's very high impact, and I'll, I'll, I'll just read it to you. It's just a few sentences, and it says this. It asks us a question. How many of us share the longing of the ancient prophets who awaited the Messiah with such aching intensity that they foresaw his arrival thousands of years before he was born? Mother Teresa once noted that the first person to welcome Christ was John the Baptist. Ha, 
before he was born, get this, who leaped for joy on recognizing him, though both, both of them, John the Baptist and Jesus, were still within their mother's wombs. We, in stark contrast, are often so dulled by superficial distractions that we are incapable of hearing any voice within, let alone listening to it. See? Or, or, or beholding with our eyes. How many times you walk outside at night and you don't even notice? And yet what's up there that God put there for you to behold is astounding. And how many times we don't even notice it? Because we got so much other stuff going on in our head. You see? So the scriptures record for us the testimony of those who heard from God and they altered their entire, the entire course of their lives to prepare and to make ready um, to create welcome space for God. Okay? Why? Because what they could not yet see was more real to them than what they could see. What they couldn't yet see was more real to them than what they could see with the natural eye. More real. Folks, this is the faith that we're called to live by. We are, you know, we are spiritual children of Abraham, the father of faith, who left everything to sojourn with God. <laughs> like, didn't even know where he was going. And this is, this is the adventurous spirit of, <laughs> of faith. And, you know, and, but I, I want to, I wanna, just for a moment, a specific example that comes to mind um, and, and Wes was singing about the, uh, the wise men. Well, there are, ex there are, in the first couple chapters of Luke, it's loaded, loaded with stories of people who were waiting and who wa waiting expectantly. And one of them who always catches my eye is, um, is Simeon. And in, um, in, in, in Luke 2, 25 to 30, it uh, we, we, we would gather that Simeon was an old man at this point. And, um, you know, you want, a, uh, you want a fountain of youth. You want, you want a, uh, you, want, uh, a uh, you know, people are looking for uh, longevity, <laughs> you know. I'll tell you what, get the promise of God on your life. <laughs> and Simeon had the promise of God, and he's like, I'm not going to die until I've seen Christ. I can't die. Can't die till I've seen him. God promised me. And he's like, you know, and so he grew old, waiting, waiting, waiting. And, you know, it says, it says there, was a, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and he was righteous and devout. And um, it says he was looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So he's a man before his time. Holy Spirit's on him. And he's looking. He's looking. He's, he's listening. See, this is that posture that this is that posture that God's calling us into in this hour. To be leaning in. This, this is that posture of abiding, leaning in, listening for what the Lord would say. You see? And he's looking and he's listening. And it's, it says, you know, prompted, it had, sorry, verse 26, it had been divinely revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, before he'd seen the Messiah, the anointed one. So he knows, I'm not leaving this earth until I see this happen. You know? 
until I see him appear. And prompted by the Holy Spirit, prompted by the Holy Spirit, there it is. You know, he's listening. He's, he's, he's tuned in. And he's prompted by the Holy Spirit. He goes into the temple. And when the parents brought in the little child Jesus to, to, to do for him what was customary according to the law, Simeon immediately discerns that's him. That's the Christ. And Simeon takes him up in his arms and praises and thanks God and says, Now, Lord, you are releasing your servant to depart, to leave this world in peace according to your word. For with my own eyes I've seen your salvation. See, he saw in a little baby, he discerned this is the Christ, and I've seen all I need to see. I can go, I can go be with the Lord, a happy man now. I don't have to see him grow to be an adult. I don't have to see one miracle. I don't have to stay here. I don't have to stay here to see his 33 years on earth. I can go now. I've, I know, I've seen the Lord's salvation. I've seen the Lord's deliverance. The Lord has been true and faithful to his word to me. He's been tr true and faithful to his promise. There he is. I see him. There he is. You see? This man was living in the presence of the future, so to speak. He was very much present to the moment, very tuned in, prompted by the Holy Spirit, goes into the temple, very much present to the moment, but he's living in this, he's seeing into what God is doing, what God wants to do, and what God has planned. What eye has not seen and ear has not heard, all that God has planned, and yet it was revealed to him by the Spirit. This was a man before his time. But this is, this is the level of life that God has called us into, you see? And so the key here is, is abiding, abiding. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just going to be brief today, but I want to I wanna just go to one more place. Psalm 85, verses 8 to 13. On that evening a couple weeks ago, this was... We prayed in, this, in these verses, in Psalm 85, verses 8 to 13. Um, this was a, uh, Psalm 85, I just want to tell you, this is a psalm of the sons of Korah, okay? Now, the sons of Korah, now whether they were Korah's biological son, children, or, or descendants of Korah, we don't really know, but um, we... The sons of Korah were, thought were, were Levites, and they served in the, uh, in the temple. Um, many think in the musical division of the temple. And they served well. They served faithfully. Unlike their father or their patriarch, Korah, who lives in infamy in Scripture, Korah was a Levite. He was set apart by God as a Levite, which means he, he was part of the Levitical tribe you know, called to minister before the altar. Not being satisfied with what God had given him to do, not being satisfied with his assignment, he, 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 he sort of he, he played the role of rabble-rouser. He pulled 250 people together who were leaders in Israel, twisted their thinking, and brought them to confront Moses and try to intimidate Moses. And the intimidation was, who do you think you are we all are holy. We all hear from God. Why should we listen to you? The end result of that was the next morning, God's like, everybody get away from 
from him and his whole family, get away from their tent, and the earth opened up and swallowed them. That's what happened to Korah. And Jude records it and talks about people in, sadly, in the church who are part of Korah's rebellion. And that can be really none other than, you know, than, you know to, to be part of Korah's, Korah's rebellion, one, the heart isn't right, and two, the mouth is being used in an evil way in spiritual witchcraft, see? And, you know, so the sons of Korah had an object lesson. They learned, I don't want to be like that. I want to walk in humility before God. And they humbled, they lived humbly before God. And they authored some of these psalms. These psalms weren't all authored by David. They authored some of these psalms. And it was a, this one was a psalm of the sons of Korah. And they're crying out to God for renewal, for refreshing, for revival, if you will, among God's people. And they're like, they even ask in verse 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? You know, restore us, O God. They're crying out for restoration. They're crying out for the restoration of the fullness of God. And then they get to verse, and we get to verse 8, and they, this is what they say. I will listen. Now I'm reading Amplified. Well, I will listen. It's actually in, the, in another version. I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones. The Amplified says, I will listen with expectancy to what God the Lord will say. I will listen with expectancy. Listening with expectancy. This is what God is calling us into. As a body, I believe this is, this is, this is really for, his, for all of us. Listening with expectancy to what God the Lord will say. For he will, you know, and, and that, that's cultivating a place of welcome. Making ready our hearts for him. Cultivating a sensitivity to his voice, you know. And it says he will speak peace. He will speak peace to his people. He will speak peace to his people. You know, I, I want to just focus on that for a moment. God is saying good things. He's got a good report for us to hear. He really does. Very often, it's that we're not, that we're not hearing it. Joseph spoke about the older brother, right? The older brother who, 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 was, who, who, who had a... A, a servant mentality instead of a son mentality. And, you know, he, he couldn't hear the father say, all that I have is yours. All that I have is yours. He, he was stuck on the, I've worked for you. I've slaved for you. I, I tend your fields. You know, where's my slice of the pie? You know, why are you doing for that? wicked brother, that son of yours, why would you do for him and not throw a party for me? And father was like, everything I have is yours. You see, he speaks peace to his children. He's speaking good things over you. You see, we have to be, it's like tuning in a radio. We need to be on that frequency. You know, if we're not tuned in, if we're not tuned in, we're not, we're not going to hear. If we're not tuned in, we're not going to hear. Jesus talked a lot about that posture, that posture of, you know, be watchful, be listening, be looking. So, and he says, so that when, when 
the master returns and knocks you as the door. He says, I position you as the doorkeeper. Be ready to open to me that I might come in and fellowship with you. And he says, the implications of that are huge. He's saying, when I come in and fellowship with you, he says, I, Jesus says, I'm going to gird myself and serve you. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you. And it's like, the, the, the king will come in and, 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 and the, the, this serve this wonderful servant king. But, but here's the thing. We have to be listening. We have to be looking. We have to be tuned in, leaning in, listening, that we don't miss those, that we don't miss those moments, his coming to us. You see? Why was it, you know, Simeon was locked in and when they brought him into the temple, he discerns, there he is, it's the Christ. And yet, it says in the same body of Scripture that when Herod hears about it, him and all of Israel are, 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 are taken by shock. They're all worked up. It would, it would indicate that the majority were not tuned in, were not listening, were not watching, were not waiting. They were about their whatever. You see? So he says, I will listen with expectancy to what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people. And it comes at the end of that verse, but let them not turn again to self-confident folly. Let them not turn again to self-confident folly. Look, Self-confident folly isn't just strutting around thinking you own the world and I can do it all on my own. A lot of times self-confident folly is anything when you confide in yourself instead of God. And, and you confide in your own counsel instead of God's. And sometimes that might be come cloaked in a, re, a rejection complex, a victim mentality. Uh, I, I, I can't do anything right. I can't. Look, uh, a couple months back... Um, I had uh, I'd gone to New Hampshire uh, for an, uh, I was I was on the ministry team at Encounter, but I uh, took some time, and uh, Wes's sister Lydia, who operates in very powerfully in deliverance, I, I I had an appointment with her, and I, you know, I I I asked her to pray with me, and um, and uh, you know she she operates in deliverance, <laughs> she's praying with me, and 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 and. Um, you know, one of the things that, 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 that came out was, a, you know, that as, as she was praying with me, was this, uh, this, this, this lying spirit that would try to come against my mind. And uh, in pressure situations, especially when I'm called upon to, 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 to step up and, 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 uh, and, um, and, and do what I need to do, this buffeting thing trying to convince me that somehow I'm not up for it that I'm defective, and it's lies. And I, here's the thing, I know it's a lie, and I battle it, and yet it continually come, it was coming at me. And, you know, and, 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 and she broke that thing off and, 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 and spoke the word over me, fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, I wrote that in my journal, and that I, I, you know, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, what are you doing there? You're replacing, I, you're replacing lies with truth. You know, any area where the enemy comes at you with a lie about you, about God, about who God is, about you, about anyone in the body of Christ, God wants to replace that with truth, with truth, with truth. You see? 
The truth is, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not defective. <laughs> you see? So let us, let us listen to the counsel of the Lord. Let us listen to the counsel of the Lord. Verse 9, Surely his salvation is near to those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. This is the Amplified. And is ready to be appropriated that the manifest presence of God, his glory, may tabernacle and abide in our land. Listen to that for just a minute. His salvation is, is near to those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. When you hear his salvation, what does that mean to you? That word, if you look it up, you can go to Blue Letter Bible. It's the word yesha. It means liberty, deliverance, prosperity, safety, welfare, rescue. That about covers everything. That about covers your health, covers your finances, covers your thought life, covers your emotional and mental well-being. It covers everything. It covers, it's the whole enchilada. See, salvation is a total package. And it's not, you know, these are the benefits of salvation. Choose one. It's, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And you might as well receive them all. Because they're all yours. They're all yours. You see? All are yours. Paul, Paul touched on this in the New Testament. All are yours. Why would you? I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. No, he says, all are yours. It's all yours. Because you are Christ's. Because you're in Christ. It's all yours. You see? And it, but here's the thing. His salvation has to be appropriated. If there's, every year God seems to give me a key word. And this year, I may sound like a one-string guitar. I've come up here several times and used the word appropriate. I'm using it again today. This year, the word that the Lord gave me seems to be the word appropriate. Appropriate, it says his salvation is ready to be appropriated. It's a twofold meaning. To appropriate... One, it does mean to devote for a special purpose, to allocate, like if you allocate funds, appropriate funds for a purpose. But it also means to take something for your use, to literally seize it, to take for your use, to appropriate it over your life. And Scripture would seem to indicate that that meaning of the word is used here because scripturally we have a responsibility to respond to God's goodness, holy responsiveness, to we have a responsibility to apply the victory that he's provided for us through the cross. Israel in Goshen had to take the blood and apply it, appropriate it over the doorposts of their home, and when they did, no evil befell them. And they all left Egypt very much whole. You know, they walked out of Egypt when there was weeping and mourning in, 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 among the Egyptians. See, but they, they applied the blood. And so there's an appropriating of what he's done for us. And Jesus, in John 6, he's telling the people, I'm the bread of life. And he gets into something that sounded scandalous to them, saying, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, who is this? He's crazy. And he says, no, he says, and, and, and he says, you have no life in you unless you appropriate my life and the saving merit of my blood. You must appropriate it. You must partake of me. You must take me in as your food. I am your food. I am your drink. I am living water. I am the bread of life. I am that which will satisfy and sustain you and nurture you. 
You see? But we, this is where we, in God's strength and in His grace and with His help, we must appropriate that. See? Very important. And so he goes on to say, and I'll read the rest of it here, verse almost done. Mercy and loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. That's Jesus. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's all in him. Truth shall spring up from the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. And verse 12, yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall make his footsteps a way in which to walk. The Lord will give what is good. He will feed us with himself, his very presence, the bread of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, that's all I have. <laughs> Why don't we just stand? Let's just stand. And um, maybe we could just, uh, just pray into this for just a few moments. Ask God to just breathe on our hearts. Just breathe on our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I'm sorry. I just, I just feel impression by the Spirit. Kate, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you pray into this? I, I just really feel like God wants to, would have you to pray. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your life. We thank you for every benefit of salvation. We thank you for everything that's available to us through you, through your body and your blood and every promise given that's embodied in you. And we thank you that it's a free gift, that your grace is a free gift, that we can't perform, that we can't... Uh, do anything but just just receive and partake of you and invite you in and behold you. We just thank you for this word today. We ask that it would settle in our hearts. Jesus, that it would settle in our minds. That we would make room in our hearts. That your word would rest and take root and that we would learn to live in, in regularly appropriating every benefit of who you are and what you've given to us. Thank you for this special season, Jesus, where we can just quiet ourselves and behold you in all that you are, and welcome you. And we just do that today. We welcome you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Let's just lift our hands for a few moments. Just welcome him into our hearts, into our minds. Yeah, just welcome him. Oh, Lord, come, Lord, come. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, Lord. Let God arise from within us. Thank you, Lord.
flood every part of our being. Fill us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May our eyes behold you. I pray for the capacity, Lord, to see into that which natural eye has not seen and that which natural ear has not heard, that which, Lord, oh, Lord, let us see into the infinitely beyond, far greater than all we could even ask or imagine or dare to even think. Lord, let us see into, and I pray just an ignition of it in our hearts of holy anticipation and expectancy. Lord, for the unstopping of spiritual deafness that we hear, Lord, what you would say to us, Lord, in this hour, and that you ignite fresh vision, fresh faith, fresh fire in our hearts, O oh God. Lord, that we behold you as you really are. Lord, that we see beyond what our natural eyes can see, and we see you as you really are, Lord. Lord God, that we hear the word of the Lord that obliterates every lie of Satan, every lie of darkness, Lord. Lord, that we hear the word of the Lord, Lord, that guides us and that directs our path, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We welcome you, Lord, in this season, in this hour, even in these final weeks of 2021 as we prepare to exit this year. Lord, we welcome your abiding presence in this house, Lord, in our hearts, Lord, in this spiritual family, Lord. We welcome your presence. We welcome you. May your glory, Lord, abide with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making your ha this place your habitation, making our hearts your habitation, this body of people your home, your dwelling place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for ministering life to each person here, Lord God, to every household represented here. Physical strength, Lord God, healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for wholeness in every way. In every way, in every physical body, I thank you for ministering life at the very cellular level to every body, Lord God. For ministering life to every mind, Lord God, that's been plagued with doubt and fear and 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 and, and just and just been bombarded. In Jesus' name, we speak peace, Lord. Peace in this hour, Lord. Peace, peace. Be still. Thank you, Father God, for your healing balm, Lord. Just. I thank you for ministering wholeness to, that each one, even as Israel left, left Goshen, left Egypt, Lord God, not a, not, a, not a frail one among them. I thank you that as each one exits 2021, Lord, that, that there is wholeness ministered in every heart, in every mind, in every physical body. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. We believe we receive it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for, the, for, for, for people in here stepping into new places, Lord God, of, of authority in you, walking in the authority that you've given them, Lord God, S seeing and beholding that which you have given them and walking in it and stepping into it with confidence. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We receive in Jesus' name.